the Way of Oneness. Hi, everyone. I'm Christopher Kakuyo-sensei, and I'm a sensei of the Salt Lake Buddhist Fellowship. We are an independent, transsectarian, all-inclusive American Sangha in the Mahayana tradition. The Way of Oneness podcast is a collection of our Dharma talks, delivered at our Salt Lake City Fellowship Sangha. Enjoy the Dharma talk. For today's Dharma talk, I want to talk about uh, loving-kindness meditation. And I first I want to talk briefly about what are known as the Four Radiant Abodes, also known as the Brahma Viharas um, in Buddhist practice. And I know it's one practice that some of us have done individually, and we've done this practice collectively um, as a fellowship in the past. Now, the four immeasurables are loving-kindness, or metta, compassion, also karuna, empathetic joy, mudita, and equanimity, upekha. And and I like this quote from uh, Jack Kornfeld talking about the four immeasurables. He says, quote, The abodes are treasured because they are exquisitely simple the universal expression of an open heart. Even hearing their names, love, compassion, joy, peace, they touch us directly. End quote. Now, these abodes were not just things that we can cultivate because they're helpful, but because they are the very way to awakening itself. For many of us in the West, we see Buddhism through the eyes of the West, and many are attracted to the image of the solitary spiritual superhero, alone in his apartment, reading hours and hours of sutras, trying to achieve awakening without the problem of other people. (laughs) Or, we have the idea of the sadhu, the holy man scientist revealing the science of mind to all those in our secular world. We have a tendency, too, to put emphasis when we try to meditate on emptying our minds. I need to empty my mind, empty my mind of thoughts, empty my mind of thinking. And I need to free myself of attachment. In the process, we try to force our minds not to think And we get all tight in our thinking and all tight in our bodies. And we walk around awakened, all tight, stiff, and stressed out. My meditation is stressing me out. (laughs) We may begin to think to practice non-attachment, we need not to care so much. And we try to close ourselves off or keep the suffering on a conceptual level and not to embody it or to feel it where it resides in our embodied existence. We become closed off, not just to other suffering, but to our own suffering, even to the point of denying it or not honoring it, because we think we need to let go of it. This is what we are supposed to do, we think. And we struggle. Because those things don't seem to be working, And maybe could it be that they're not working or it's that our approach is wrong? Because we are seeing 
thought or thinking as the enemy instead of something our minds just do. They just secrete thoughts. They just secrete emotions. You're not pissed off at your pancreas for secreting insulin or not. Because we also think that non-attachment means detachment, which it does not. Both can be seen as misperceptions of the practice. Now, here's something that many of you may not be aware of, and I've, I've heard this before, but I was able to find um, a great reference to it in the Samyata Nikaya, or in the Pali Canon. And this is a quote from the Buddha. Quote, we develop and cultivate the liberation of mind. Okay, I'm good there. I get that part. By loving kindness. By loving kindness? I thought it was by not thinking. By loving kindness, we make it our vehicle. We make it our basis. Stabilize it. Exercise, exercise ourselves in it. And fully perfect it. Loving kindness. Loving-kindness is the vehicle. Loving-kindness is the path. So what is the Buddha saying the path to cultivation of a liberated mind is? He's saying that it's loving-kindness. Loving-kindness is the way. He's telling us that the ground from which we practice is loving-kindness. It keeps us stable in our practice. And it's not just for others but it is for ourselves also. And our practice is to cultivate it. It's to embody it. It's hard to practice loving kindness with others if we don't start with ourselves and with those immediately around us. We want to treat our own woundedness with the kindness that we are more than willing to give to others that are close to us, but we do not give to ourselves. An early 5th century um, Buddhist thinker, I can never say his name right, so I'm not even going to try, um, in his book called The Purification of the Way, encouraged his students to practice loving kindness, to practice all four of the, of the um, four abodes with themselves and not just direct it to other people. The Buddha has also said about loving kindness, quote, just as with her own life, a mother shields from her, her own son or daughter, her only child, let all embracing thoughts for all beings be yours. There was no qualification. It said all beings not just progressive, not just conservatives, not just Buddhists, not just Christians, not just Americans, not just humans, but all beings. He goes on to say, whatever living beings there may be, feeble or strong, long, stout, or medium size, short, small, large, those seen or unseen, those dwelling far or near, those who are born as well as those who are yet to be born, may all beings have happy minds. End quote. So we can see also from these few passages that there's this act of mentally projecting 
goodwill onto others. And this mental projection is important. It's a specific kind of thinking, a specific kind of creativity, and a specific way of using our minds that can be called the power of the imaginal. The imaginal capacity of thought is a powerful tool toward awakening and in practicing the way. Visualization is a powerful tool. Another thing the Buddha said was we should radiate boundless love towards the entire world. Well, what does it mean to radiate boundless love to the entire world? Are those just nice words? There's something more that the Buddha is talking. It's not just, it's not just, it's just not a motto. It's a way of being. So how can we do that? The practice that we are most familiar with is probably metta or um, loving kindness meditation. May all beings be happy. May all beings be free. We say that every Sunday in our fellowship. One of the challenges with that simple prayer is that it can get lost in words. It can get tied down by words, just like the rote prayers of our childhood. So how do we make this more real? How do we make this intention more real? More real than just our minds, but in our heart, our mind, in our bodily embodiment. And the way we can do that is we can do that through visualization practice. Now, visualization is a powerful practice that humans have been doing since the dawn of consciousness. Even Albert Einstein said one of the most powerful mental forces that we have in our human ability is imagination. And If you see um, a documentary or a life on Albert Einstein, it was his ability to imagine the concepts that he was teaching that allowed him to have the breakthroughs that he was eventually able to have. Um, So this idea of visualization is really important when it comes to cultivating loving kindness. Because if you try to go up to somebody you don't like and just try to be nice to them, how does that work out? (laughs) As long as they're smiling, it's okay. I can kind of do it. But once they give you that look... You know, like you're an idiot. You go right back to, I hate you. That loving kindness practice right out the window. So how do we cultivate it? How do we cultivate it in an environment that can help it to grow? So that when we do engage that person, we have had practice before we've ever got there to engage with them on a level that is a level of kindness and love and compassion. So we want to cultivate a mind and a heart of loving kindness because it's more of an idea or an ideal. It's the heart of existence itself. The very heart of existence is this profound tenderness. Our problem is that inside us, there is a mind going impossible, impossible. I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, Human beings have this great potential, but it's bound by our 
self-limiting, saying it's not possible, it can't be. And to quiet the impossible mind, we need to tap into the possible mind through the use of visualization to help cultivate the possible. For most of us, there's an untapped reservoir of strength, insight, and meaning in our practice through visualization. And this is important when trying to practice loving-kindness meditation because unless we can visualize in our mind, how are we ever going to be able to manifest it in our bodies, in our speech, in our actions? Loving-kindness is not simply a verbal acknowledgement of some nice goal, but a practice of the heart, of the heart-mind, and of the body. It is aligning ourselves to absolute reality and compassion itself. I want to also make sure that the practice of loving kindness is not some new agey, feel-good kind of practice. Again, it's the ground of our practice. It is the heart of the eightfold path. Each step on the path of awakening is a path of loving kindness. In the Digya Nikaya, the Buddha set forth and said on the teachings of the Brahmaviharas, quote, A monk suffuses the world in the four directions with a mind of benevolence. Then above and below and all around, the whole world from all sides, completely with a benevolent, all-embracing, great, boundless, peaceful, and friendly mind, just as powerful conch, conch blower makes himself heard with no great effort in all four directions, so too there is no limiting to the unfolding of this heart-liberating benevolence. The Buddha there is telling us that this practice is like the conch cell, that sound that goes out. It's a call to all beings and all things to love, compassion, and kindness. He went on to teach the monks to apply this entire world with mental projections, quote, mental projections of compassion, sympathy, joy, and equanimity. Mental projections being that imaginal capacity to visualize all beings being happy, all beings being free, all beings having freedom from suffering. It's a capacity to visualize those we don't know, happiness. It's the ability to visualize those we don't like, having joy. It's the ability to visualize ourselves as being okay, just as you are. So what I want to do is I want us to collectively practice. We're going to practice this visualization. Now, it's, it's not so much a matter of pictures. You don't have to turn into a video director, a movie director in your brain. You just need to take the prompts and let them flow through you and do what they do. Okay? Don't, don't be judging the quality of your images. I know a few of you are going to be doing, I can't do this. I'm very into Just let it be. Let it be what it is. Now, the following is a loving-kindness meditation from Joanna Macy, who first learned this practice 
um, a Tibetan form of this practice from Sister Karma Kechong Palamo, who is a nun in the Tibetan tradition. And uh, Joanna's um, translation has been adapted specifically for Westerners. Go ahead and start with a bell. So I want you to close, just close your eyes and just allow yourself just to relax. Just relax in your body. As you're breathing in and out, allow your body to let go of any tension that you have. And center your attention on the normal flow of your breathing. You want to let go of all Extraneous thinking, and just passively watch, breathing in and breathing out. Now call to mind someone you love very deeply. And in your mind's eye, see the face of that beloved one. Silently speak his or her name. Feel your love for this being like a current of energy coming through you. Now let yourself experience how much you want this person to be freed from fear. how intensely you desire that this person be released from greed and ill will. from confusion and sorrow 
causes of And realize that this desire for them in all its sincerity and strength is the great loving kindness. Continue to feel the flow, the warm flow coming through the heart. See it in your mind's eye, those with whom you share your daily life. The people you live with. those you work with. Family, close friends, colleagues. Let them all appear around you and join you here. Behold them one by one, silently speaking their names. Now direct to each in turn that same current of loving kindness, undiluted. Among these beings may be some with whom you are uncomfortable with or in conflict, with those especially experience your desire that each be free from fear, from hatred, from greed and ignorance. And all the causes of suffering.
Now in wider concentric circles, allow your relatives and acquaintance to appear. Let the beam of loving kindness play on them as well. Pausing on the faces that appear in your mind's eye. With them as well, experience how much you want their freedom from greed, from fear, from hatred and confusion. And how much you want them to. Now in your mind's eye, I want you to see beyond them in concentric circles that are wider yet, where appear all beings with whom you share this planet. Though you have not met them, your lives are still interconnected in ways you do not know. To these beings as well, direct the same powerful current of loving kindness. Feel it flow from your heart and mind. Experience your desire and your intention. that each awaken from fear and hatred, from greed and confusion. Let all beings be released from suffering. as in the ancient Buddhist meditation, we direct loving kindness now to all the hungry ghosts, those that are restless in spirit, that roam in suffering, still pray to fear and confusion. May they find rest. May they rest in the great loving kindness and in the deep peace it brings.
Now, by the power of our imagination, let us move out beyond our planet, out into the universe, into other solar systems, other galaxies, other Buddha fields. Let this current of loving kindness that is not affected by physical distance, which we direct it now as if aiming a beam of light to all centers of conscious life, to all sentient beings everywhere. We direct our heartfelt wish that they too be free of fear and greed, of hatred, confusion that causes suffering. May all beings be free. Now from out in interstellar distances, turn and behold your own planet. See your home. The green blue marble. See it suspended there in the blackness of space like a jewel turning in the light of the sun. See the living blue-green planet laced with swirls of white that is the source of all you are, all you've ever known and cherished. Feel how intensely that you desire the mounting dangers and dire wounds of this time. Direct toward it the strong current of your love and your earnest prayers for its healing. Slowly approach this planet now. And in your mind's eye, draw nearer and nearer. Returning to this very part of it. This region, this place. And as you enter this place, Behold the being you know best of all. The person you've been given to be in this lifetime, in this moment. You know this person's need for love. The commitments this being works hard to carry out. Let the face of this being 
your own face appear before you now. Speak the name you are called in love and experience with the same strong current of loving kindness how deeply you desire that this being be free from fear released from greed and hatred, liberated from ignorance and confusion and all the causes of suffering. The great loving kindness linking you to all beings is now directed to your own self. Know now and sit in its fullness. So how many, uh, was this the first time you've ever done that kind of guided meditation before? Okay, so quite a few first time. Uh, you, you'll notice that as you do these more, and there's different versions and different ways of going about it. Um, there's actually, in um, Thailand, they do a really great three-day retreat um, where they do nothing but uh, do this meta practice. And um, I think for us, especially as Westerners, one of the hardest parts of the practice is the last part. Is allowing ourselves to feel compassion towards ourselves and gratitude towards ourselves. So I think the important thing about this kind of practice is it is a practice. You may do it and find part of it. It really resonated with you and you're like you felt some tears coming. You really felt connection. And maybe with the person you're struggling with, it just shut off that. And that happens. And that's okay. Or you may even feel an opening to somebody who you struggled with 
doing the meditation and then when you come to yourself, all of a sudden you feel this resistance in the visualization. That's okay. It's a cultivation practice. It's a cultivation practice. We have habitual states of mind, habitual ways of seeing things and looking at ourselves and the ability to be able to visualize it and to channel that positive emotion and energy and, and wish that we want for others and to be able to take that energy and to invite ourselves to feel it for ourselves is a opening for practice and an opening for self-compassion. Again, another, another tip for the practice is to let go of this burden of a overly rational mind. We limit ourselves with this idea that we can control the world and can control ourselves simply by logic. The mind is logical. The world is not. In our contemporary world, we have a tendency to, to dichotomize our world into real and unreal. And everything that is scientific and provable is real, and that which is not scientific and provable is not real. That which is scientific and provable has value. That which doesn't does not have any real value. I only read nonfiction books because it's real and it has value. I'm not going to read no <laughs> shitty fiction. It's not true. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm diminishing reason. Reason in the practice is important and it is a part of the practice. But at the same time, we need to realize that in the vastness of space and time, we know so little. Have you seen that new Hubble photograph that they just put out recently? It's uh, supposedly it's looking back at 13 billion years. And it's looking on one tiny little focused space of the universe. And there are 265 million universes in that one field. Not planets, not stars, universes. So what is that telling you about scale and time? The imaginal is a place where we can tap into a whole nother level of practice. A whole nother level of cultivation for ourselves, and for those around us. Now, I know some people have practiced meta before. Does anybody have any experiences they want to share with their meta practice? I have a few, but no. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. 
So if you have a hard time, it's fine. If you have a hard time, it's not failer. It's not failing. You didn't fail it. It's insight. It's an opportunity to know where you're stuck. It's a beautiful thing in the practice. It's not like, oh, I can't even do this because I don't, I don't want bad, but I don't want to let go of whatever it is. That's that's insight. That's a powerful part of the practice offers. When I, and I think Vaughn touches on a really important part. Through the practice, we can stop being. I can stop being Christopher, intending peace, love, loving kindness, and it being loving kindness itself. Free of my story. Free of my story. It's, it's the intention of loving kindness and compassion itself embodied. No longer a story. It's no longer my brother, my sister, my aunt, my mom, my dad. And, and it's that capacity that, that we get a glimpse of as we're looking at the big blue marble, as we're coming back, and as we feel so much love for our planet, for our earth, and for all the people that are there, that that kind of, that kind of compassion that we can feel on the macro, we can feel on the micro, regardless of our stories, regardless of our senses, our story of justice, injustice, right, wrong, we're freed of that, and then we're able just to embody loving kindness and compassion. And I think sometimes those moments with those people that we that we struggle with, and there is that kind of shift, it's not because anything in them is shift, it's because we're able to approach them, not as me with my story, but just as the person that I am engaged with at this point. That's why it's a practice, because this is not easy. It's a cultivation practice. Namo Amida Butsu. Thank you for listening to our podcast. The Way of Oneness is produced by the Salt Lake City Buddhist Fellowship an all-inclusive, trans-sectarian American Sangha in the spirit of Bright Dawn Way of Oneness Buddhism. To learn more about the fellowship, please contact us at saltlakebuddhist.org. Our website will give information about meetings and other services that we provide the community. Again, thank you for listening.